The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WHIO and Cox Media Group. This hour is sponsored by There is a Season. America's top talk shows with breaking news, traffic, and weather. WHIO! W-H-I-O. There is a season. Good morning and welcome to There is a Season, the Bob and Gloria show. This is the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf. And I'm Gloria Shanahan. Thanks for tuning in. We're so glad you're here this morning. 457-1290 is the number to join the conversation today. That's 937-457-1290 from anywhere in the area. Anywhere in the area and across this fruited plain, as Rush Limbaugh used to say. Actually, anywhere in the world. Well, you'd have to use that international code. We've we've only had a few calls from international, haven't we, over the years? Mm-hmm. We did get, or somebody s- said they were calling from international. Well, I know we have listeners around the world. We do. They That's listen true. online. Yes, they do. So in uh, doing a show like we do, one that talks about change and aging and the care of those around us, we naturally expect to appeal to a fairly wide audience demographically. We go from, you know, people as young as their 30s, even younger occasionally, uh, to people... If they up, accidentally turn on the station, yeah. <laughs> they, they bump into the radio <laughs> show. Oh, what are these guys talking about? Uh, people into their 70s, 80s, 90s, 100s, whatever. A right. lot of people listen to the show mm-hmm. demographically. We also have a lot of uh, political range to, to the people who listen here, religiously, socioeconomically, any number of other lees. Uh, because here's the thing. We all age. We all change, even the people who say, well, I never change, but they change. And, well, we'd like to think that we all have someone to care for and that someone cares about each of us. I don't mean us here, Bob and Gloria. I just mean as human beings. I mean, just generally, I figure we, we, we like to think that there's someone to care for in life and that people can care for us, too. It's one of the things that sort yeah. of built the show around. Yeah, I, I hear you, Bob. And, frankly, we do talk that way on this program with a kind of built-in hope that everyone listening can feel a part of something, that they can be involved in meaningful pursuits and meaningful relationships as they age and change. It's what we and many psychologists and sociologists and clergy and those who have done a lot of living might say is what makes us truly human, our connectedness, our walking the journey of life together with others. It is something we've aspired to with this show. The idea that meaning and purpose can be found in what we do and what we share with others, right? With other people. It seems to be more meaningful when you can live a life that way. But we also recognize that as aspirational as all that might be, a great many people simply don't feel that way. They don't have aspirations of that kind of meaning. They don't expect to. Maybe they don't want to. Whatever the case they find themselves largely alone, not connected, isolated. And this works for some people. You may know some folks like this. I don't know. I mean, we've, we've kind of run across these, these people, the, the contemplative who prefers to be kind of quiet alone doing their own thing. Maybe they're writing a, a great book or, or, or some kind of memoirs. The recluse, the loner. These people might very well prefer the company of no one or a very few people. But for a huge number of other people, alone 
means lonely. Yes. And Bob, even among those who might seem to play the part of being the, you know, the outgoing friend or the person always doing something mm-hmm. with someone else, um, they might seem socially adept. Those people, there can still be a loneliness there that is pervasive and even chronic. Now, no matter when we could do a show like this, we recognize that virtually everyone can feel lonely at times or seem to feel the blues. And perhaps this increases around special dates or holidays or seasons. But we're talking beyond those times today. That's what we're talking about. Periodic loneliness. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about the kind of loneliness that doesn't let up, that you always feel. It seems familiar and even normal, regardless of whether someone is alone or surrounded by other people. Four five seven twelve ninety is the number if you're going to want to weigh in on any of this uh, today. It, kind of a difficult topic for a lot of folks. I mean, some people may not, some people may feel loneliness, and some people may not even have it really occur to them, uh, other than to say, "Well, this is kind of my default existence. I just don't connect much with with the world around me." Some people might not even realize that that is what they're feeling. You know, yeah. a lot of people think, like we we kind of alluded to, that if you're around a bunch of people and doing a bunch of things, well. Other people might see that as, well, how could that person feel lonely? But you can be surrounded by people or another person and still feel lonely. Yeah, we're going to delve delve into the subject today with an article that actually first appeared in some insurance cir- circles. Um, we find things f- far and wide when we, when we do research <laughs> for this program. And, and this article kind of starts out like this. Short-term bouts of loneliness can occur to many people at some point in their lives. These types of feelings are typically brief and not considered chronic, right? So far, that's something a lot of people can identify with. However, when feelings of loneliness and isolation worsen and continue long term, there may be more serious signs and symptoms to be aware of and steps you can take to help deal with chronic loneliness. What is chronic loneliness? So chronic loneliness occurs when feelings of loneliness and uncomfortable social isolation go on for a long period of time. It's characterized by constant and unrelenting feelings of being alone, separated, or divided from others, and an inability to connect on a deeper level. It can also be accompanied by deeply rooted feelings of inadequacy, poor self-esteem, and self-loathing. Now, ongoing loneliness can afflict even the most seemingly, like I said, outgoing person. Being the life of the party doesn't necessarily exclude someone from being chronically lonely. This type of chronic or long-term loneliness can eventually impact all areas of your life, Bob. And we're going to to talk a little bit more about some of the the signs and symptoms of of all of this, but you could almost see how uh, loneliness, like some other things like depression, like anxiety, can also become kind of self-fulfilling. You know, you, you are a certain way or you've evolved a certain way, and that's what your expectation is. And so even when you have opportunities, maybe to be in a more social setting or to form some relationships and stuff, maybe you're not wired for that because you're so used to being by yourself. And sometimes maybe just the way you're wired eventually over a long period of time can lead later in life or maybe after certain situations your kids are gone to loneliness if you haven't cultivated. And 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 that can even lead to chronic more serious loneliness. Yeah, I, may, may I mean, take... there's things we do and we don't do as well. And sometimes it's just an internal thing. Yeah, yeah. So what would be a sign or symptom of chronic loneliness? Well, obviously the inability to connect with others. 
on a deeper, more intimate level. As Gloria was alluding before, you may have superficial relationships or you might know somebody you can sort of connect based on the fact there's a, a, a party or a football game everyone's watching or or something along those lines. And, and, and so people can sort of play the part and, and be part of that, but not, they're not really connected at a very deep level right. to anybody. Yeah, sometimes when you're there, you still kind of feel like you're in your own kind of bubble, maybe. So your interactions don't feel connected in a way that's very fulfilling, okay? So that's a key thing to keep in mind. You come away from those things feeling like, eh, you know, I, I did it. It was, it was okay to be there. And so, but you didn't get much out of it personally. You didn't feel anything that yeah. really um, resonated with you. What's another thing? So another symptom of chronic loneliness is if you don't have any close or what some would call a best friend. You have friends, but they are casual friends or acquaintances, and you feel you can find no one who truly gets you, or maybe nobody that you can truly just talk to and be yourself. And right. trust. And right. trust, right? Because right. you, you won't put yourself out there, and you don't see, I don't want to make it sound like uh, you're proud about this, but nobody really makes the cut. You know, they're not worthy because you, just, you won't extend that out there. There's Let, nobody who yeah, really- You can't be vulnerable. Yeah. And so if you don't have anybody that's close or you're a best friend, that's a symptom. Um, another one is overwhelming feeling of isolation, regardless of, like you said, Bob, where you are and who's around. You can be at a party surrounded by all these dozens of people and yet feel isolated and separate and disengaged. At work, you may feel alienated and alone. Same on, you know, a bus, train or walking down a busy street as if you're in your own little bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Now, accompanying this because... <clears throat> people have different philosophies about this, how you view yourself in the world. You know, there's sort of like how you might view yourself, how others might view you. And probably the third one of how you really are, you know, somewhere, somewhere in that mix. Right. Or maybe how you're seen by your creator, which obviously trumps all of this or how, kind of stuff. Yeah. And how you are viewed by, you know, maybe your friends or yes. your close friend. Right. But a lot of people who are living in that bubble will have negative feelings of self-doubt and self-worth. I think as human beings, we're socially, again, wired to want to at least have some reflection back from the people we're with, right? Now, you meet that person once in a while who really doesn't care. You know, they can walk through the world and it doesn't matter what's going on around them. They don't give a hoot about other people's opinions about how they dress yeah, or behave true. or whatever. Right. But a lot of us do feel something about that. They do at least a little bit. Some some right. knowledge of that, right? right. So <clears throat> does it feel if you if you're lonely, like you're always less than enough? Are you feeling like you've got some kind of social deficit because you're not getting feedback? You don't know how to get that feedback or what to do with it or what to do with the absence of it. So feelings long term like this are a symptom of chronic loneliness. Right. Another one is when you do try to connect or reach out, if it's not reciprocated, that can make you feel as though you haven't been seen or heard by the other person. You know, if somebody doesn't reciprocate, like you make the phone calls all the time mm -hmm. and they never call you at all. That's or you, or you try tough. to say something about yourself in a social setting and immediately they start talking about themselves. Or, or they or, all go off to, you know, get another plate of appetizers right, or something right, without right. really acknowledging what you said. Now, a big sign is uh, if you're feeling exhaustion and burnout when trying to engage socially, it's another symptom of chronic loneliness. If you're dealing with, um, if this trying to engage and be social with others can leave you feeling absolutely exhausted. And these continued feelings of being drained can lead to other issues like sleep problems, a weakened immune system, poor diet, and more. And we're going to talk about that here.
just a little bit. Yeah, the, the the thing of it is, I mean, you can see how, as you said at the beginning, that, that there is uh, periodic loneliness where people go through, and it could be prompted by any number of things. You you lose somebody important to you, or maybe they've gone away for a while. Right. Uh, you've lost a job, perhaps. I know a lot of people have gone through this. You lose a job, and I call this... The, I remember this happened with my brother years ago, his bathrobe years. So you lose that. Might that, be too much information. That, no, no, the impetus to get up in the morning, you know, to shave and to get out there and be fully dressed because nobody's calling for that suddenly. And so right. you're by yourself walking around in your PJs or your sweats or your bathrobe. A lot of people have felt this during COVID where they're just kind of isolated by themselves. And then that can kind of go on, right? right. Especially if you're concerned about health, things like that. Um, but you, you can find a way to have a little too much time to be contemplating what's good and what's not good in your life because of that situation. Right. You imagine then what happens after decades of this. And you can have an, a lot of our senior citizens, I think, have a chronic kind of loneliness. They've got nothing to bounce anything off of right. other than the TV. And then if you have too much time to think, then you start thinking about all the years that are already behind you and maybe the not so many that are in front of you. And if you're stuck in this situation where you just feel lonely, it, it, it can just continually, it's a vicious cycle. Now, you may or may not care about some of this, and, and we'll talk about this after our break here. There are some physical, um, uh, mental, emotional, spiritual things that come as a result of chronic loneliness, and these may be affecting you in some way. And again, like I said, you may care, you may not care, uh, but those around you may also care uh, about them. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about those as we move toward maybe some ways, some pathways to changing up the, the whole idea of chronic loneliness. So all of that is coming back. If you'd like to share something with us again today, 457-1290 to join us here on There is a Season. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7, WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob. And I'm Gloria. And we are talking today about something a little more than the average loneliness, the uh, the blues that people get from time to time. Yeah, we all get it from time to time for sure. Yeah, and it can occur for a variety of reasons. You know, the, the season of the year, the season of your life, uh, maybe some uh, specific thing has is, is triggered loneliness in your life. Uh, so all of that's, that's out there for all of us at some point or another. But for a, a portion of our population, and maybe you know someone like this, or maybe you feel this your, yourself, there's a kind of chronic loneliness that goes on. No matter what year. the situation. Right. right. And uh, and that's a tough thing to live with. And um, it can affect your health in a lot of different ways. And it tends to be a little bit more prevalent depending on some other things. We're going to share some of that with you right now. So right. what are what are some of the um, things that long-term loneliness can produce in someone from a health perspective? Well, for one thing, um, this is an example that chronic loneliness can drive up cortisol levels in the body. Now, cortisol is a hormone that your body creates when under stress. And over time, higher cortisol levels can lead to inflammation, excess weight gain, insulin resistance, problems concentrating, and, and more. And if left unchecked, Bob, chronic loneliness symptoms can put you at a greater risk for more serious medical and emotional problems. 
What are a few of them? Well, depression is one that's at the top of the list for a lot of people. And, uh, and I would imagine that most uh, health professionals would say we've even had some kind of an increase in this during this COVID window that we're in because a lot of isolation has gone on. That is beyond the momentary or situational. People talk about, you know, the new reality, the new way things are going to be. And those could be people who are normally not lonely, have really, truly developed chronic loneliness. Right. So you depression know. would be a big one. Sleep disorders. If you're mm-hmm. not sleeping well, it could have something to do with not only the fact that you might have some depression, but also the fact that you are feeling very disconnected. You have no uh, historical or typical m- means of measuring the way your life is supposed to unfold day to day. You can't put energies maybe that you used to put into people and, and get some kind of feedback from that. It feels good sometimes to help people, for instance, or to teach people or to interact. Right. If you've been cut off, if you found yourself in a spot in your life where you're cut off from those things, you're going to you struggle, I think, well. with depression and struggle with your sleep. What right. Else? There's a few medical um, issues, too, that, that may crop up if you're suffering from this chronic loneliness, and that would be type 2 diabetes could develop, heart disease, and you could develop high blood pressure. And now aside from that, there's some real serious mental health and emotional problems that also go hand in hand with chronic loneliness, as well as any type of substance abuse. Yeah. So those are some of the things that kind of are associated with an ongoing chronic loneliness. So these are things that contribute to chronic loneliness. We're going to talk a little bit about um, those people who are most at risk. And we've alluded to some of that already here in the program Uh, It can be a very tough way to live. There's no question about it. But also when we return, we want to share with you some of the thoughts of one doctor who has studied this subject extensively and may have some ideas about how to begin to walk away from loneliness, especially chronic loneliness. And we're going to share that with you next. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. America's top talk shows with breaking news, traffic, and weather. WHIO. WHIO. Welcome back to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf, And I'm Gloria Shanahan, and today we're talking about loneliness. Chronic loneliness, actually, a degree of loneliness well beyond the occasionally feeling of the blues or missing someone or just feeling lonely. Chronic loneliness affects millions of people and seems ever-present, whether someone's alone or with other people. It's there in the morning and it's there at night and may be accompanied by other mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual challenges. And we've talked a little bit about these sometimes. There's a bit of a yin-yang to this where loneliness may seem to create certain other kinds of uh, maladies or or problems in our health, and vice versa. Uh, Some people who have certain health problems may feel that they are moving more toward a life of loneliness or have been experiencing that for years. So when we've done these kinds of shows in the past, we've talked about people who are at risk. And in general, what are some of the things that a lot of people in the medical professions have found will contribute to loneliness 
uh, who's at risk for this? So those dealing with um, these issues are more at risk. So people who are dealing with any type of substance abuse, um, people who suffer from depression and or bipolar disorder, um, a serious illness or disease, cancer is a good one, Um, and even people with mild forms of autism, such as Asperger's syndrome, can fill um, chronic loneliness, certainly people who have dementia and Alzheimer's, and uh, even now, sexual orientation issues can bring on a sense of feeling lonely or severe chronic loneliness. Yeah, and I would say, um, I would add one to this this list here, and that would be uh, certain other functional disorders with your sensory uh, issues. If you have uh, issues with your eyesight, if you have issues with your hearing, hearing, they can be things that isolate you. So they're you feel kind of disconnected. Right, and they're you starting to pull back from that. Mm-hmm. Now, one person who has studied the topic of loneliness extensively is Dr. Lisa Coyne of McLean Hospital. This is an international center for psychiatric treatment, education, and research. It's affiliated with the Harvard Medical School. Dr. Coyne recently penned an article that may give those with chronic loneliness some hope for a different path going forward. Now, according to a 2018 survey by Cigna Health, nearly half of all Americans reported sometimes are always feeling alone, and one in five people reported never feeling close to people. That's a lot that, of people feeling disconnected. Right. And, you know, in, in another context, we've explored this even from the, the whole role of digital devices in our world and the, the strange paradox or the irony of that where we've got all of this ability to be connected instantaneously, right? But the more we tend to spend our time in those devices or with digital media of any kind, the more isolated a lot of people are feeling. And a lot of people, though, maybe, I'm just going to be um, devil's advocate here, maybe some of those people who do spend a lot of time, maybe that's the only way they feel comfortable with or do feel like they can connect. It's, you know, it's it's a vicious cycle. I'm yeah. certainly not, you know, saying everybody should get on advice, but you do wonder how many people are out there that we're not aware of that that's why they're on social media or in front of a screen. Because they're seeking some kind of a connection that way. There you yeah. go. That's what I'm trying to Whether say. Whether they achieve that or not, it's hard to say. Right. So Dr. Coyne says in her article, something pretty basic I think a lot of us could agree with. Humans need social connections. Like Michael Buble, people who need people. You know, he wasn't the, the first to do that. Luckiest people though. in the world. Yeah, well, he, that he's mine. Barbara generation. Streisand. I'll go back. A, right. A, yeah, she, but it, she, so this notion goes way back is what I'm pointing people. out. Are the luckiest uh, people. Yeah. Now, as, as we said before, she's, she's at the McLean Hospital affiliated with the uh, Harvard um, Medical School. And she says, humans need social connections. When we don't have them, it's harder for us to handle things on our own. There are some issues and problems in this world that are best dealt with as a community. That community could be your family, could be your significant other. Could, could also be your be, you church know. community. Right. Right. She says, some of us are introverts, but at the same time, we have a herd mentality. We have a need for our connections to survive. Now, she talks in this article about confronting loneliness, and she recognizes regardless of the reason or, or the symptoms or, or these other maladies you might have, loneliness is painful. It can lead to these mental health issues. She points out, again, depression and Alzheimer's, physical conditions, including heart disease and cancer. But she is optimistic, and her research has led her to come up with a number of steps 
that could help people walk away from loneliness and maybe change the state of mind and change the future of their lives. And there's a one here we've kind of talked about on some other programs also that is at the top of the list, and it is what? Practicing gratitude. And studies have shown that acts of gratitude can help us feel more positive and have stronger relationships. You know, think of the people in your life that you appreciate. They may include someone from the past who had a major impact on your life, such as a mentor, maybe even in your youth. Or they could be someone you see more frequently, such as the friend who recently helped you move. You might want to consider sending this person maybe a note or reaching out to them and letting them know of your appreciation of them. Not only will you likely brighten someone else's day with your action, but you'll make yourself feel happier, she says, by fostering the connection and just being kind. Now, she goes on to say that, Bob, this is interesting, even silently recognizing a good person or situation in your life can develop a sense of gratitude, taking time out to think about your things that you are grateful for or the people you're grateful for. I would say right off the bat, one of the first things that gratitude does for you is it takes you out of you. You have to think about whether it's circumstances, could be your material benefits, could be the people who care about you, could be things that have happened to you in your life. It can be good. It can even be bad. It can be suffering, right, that will trigger or can trigger the opportunity to be grateful for that kind of humanity. Right. I have a little plaque that I have in my house, and it says gratitude is being, um, or gratitude is that whatever you have is enough. So maybe you don't have a huge circle of friends. Maybe you have two really good friends. So gratitude is being thankful for what you have and letting letting it be enough, whatever it is you have in your life. It could be the person you haven't spoken to a long time who who calls you out of the blue. Right. And and that is something to at least hold on to. So Dr. Coyne recommends here that people begin, and this could apply to everybody when I think about this, keep a gratitude journal in which you write about what you feel grateful for or can improve your mental health. Uh, it, 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 through, through this. It's something that we would recommend. You can even do this if you're saying grace at, at dinner time. Every yeah. night, have something that you're grateful right. for. Or when you're in your car, maybe you could even just think, what am I grateful for today? And you what talk about yeah, for? what you have in your life rather than what you lack. Right. For a more targeted approach to gratitude journaling, now it sounds like a, a whole thing. A whole, that sounds whole, like homework to yeah. me. <laughs> okay. She says, follow the three good things <laughs> exercise in which you write about three good things, large or small, that happen throughout your day. It could be you put your feet on the floor in the morning. Step yeah. one. And right? for some people, yes. I'm pretty thankful that I'm still here today. And I'm walking right? upright. Uh, yeah. Try this practice daily for a set period of time, such as one week even. And note if your sense of loneliness has shifted a little bit because you've started to identify things that are good in your life, that are things that you would be grateful for. All right, so that's one, and we could talk a whole show about gratitude. We, we won't do that right now, but that's just something to keep in mind. Now, another thing is what? Participate in meaningful activities in your life. You know, pursue your passions, and then your mind and your spirit will be engaged, which decreases feelings of loneliness. You could... Join a recreational sports team, a library book club, a volunteer effort, or just any activity that you enjoy. And you're also then likely to meet others who have these shared interests that you have. And if you find that you don't see your friends as often as you'd like, consider setting up maybe like this recurring virtual or in-person gathering. 
If you have a date and a time planned in your calendar, it'll encourage everyone to meet automatically and just makes it easier to maintain connections with each other. Time flies, as they say, and we we let time slip away from when we see people that we, you know, think about. I would encourage uh, people hearing this to think, even if you're doing some kind of, you know, personal triage or salvaging what's good about your life, think about some skill or, or trait that you have that somebody else doesn't have, is not able to manifest. And I'll give you a good example of this. Um, my dad was an educator, and he was also a poet. Now, he was never a great poet, and there isn't much of a market for poetry nowadays, right? You know, out there in the printed world, but he was a poet. And I used to encourage him, and he did this finally at the end of his life, to go read. Read his poetry to others. Share with others his ability to master the word, entertain, motivate, inspire other people who wanted to be aspiring poets. And he would do this. He'd go into the library, and he'd have a little group that would get together, and he would read poetry. And I used to say to him all the time, Dad, there are people who are blind. There are people who can't pick up a newspaper anymore. They don't know the news. You've got a great voice. You've got a great mastery of the word. Go and do that. Go use that skill for someone else. Right. That's I think the kind of thing I'm There's many things that we can all do that to us seem kind of simple or maybe not all that uh, recognizable by others, but to give that to someone else is a whole other thing. Right, because they, they may value it way more than we do, right? right. So exactly. externalize that thing that you still have. That's right. What's another thing that Dr. Coyne talks about? You need to remember that you are unique. Feeling less than can contribute to feelings of loneliness, as we've pointed out earlier. Try to avoid comparing yourself to others. It's only human to look at someone else and feel sad when their surface-level feelings or apparent situations seem happier than our own. I think this is a big problem on social media, right? Yeah. We have plenty of critical minds, she says. Our mind has evolved to be our threat detector, and our brain is going to be keeping an eye on things like, are you doing all the things to connect? Are you keeping up with the Joneses? So... With these questions, Dr. Coyne explains, some information can be useful and some is not. She says, quote, the only way to really tell is to diffuse, to step back and notice that my mind is having a field day with my social interactions. And that gives me the liberty to ask, is this helping me or can I organize my thoughts and mental energy in another way? Sometimes if we get hooked on negative social evaluations, we can get stuck in organizing our behavior around avoidance. As a result, you may not be able to behave in a way that benefits you the most, let alone other people, and instead you're feeding negative personal judgment. Now, these such comparisons can create a sense of distance from others. However, that increases our sense of isolation. It's important to realize that we never know what is really going on in someone else's life. So when it looks like someone else's life is much better, you know, you really need to realize that you never know. Comparisons are never good. Yeah. Right. So we all have good times as well as challenging periods in our lives and keeping this, this truth in mind can help us feel connected. On the other hand, remember that you are unique. There is no one else on earth like you. It can be satisfying to recognize that you are doing what you can with what you have. There goes the gratitude thinking yes. again, right? So, so far she's talked here in this article about practicing gratitude, participating in meaningful activities, even the smallest things you can do. You could start with a grandchild. You could start with someone down the street who has less than you do. 
or has, just practice or your lonely. passions too. Right. Right. Remember that you are unique. Yep. You are not lost in the crowd. You are still here. You are a being. You're a soul that has something to offer to the world. Right. And we'll have just a little bit more on this that has to it gets into the self-care arena here. And we'll talk more about that when we return. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7. WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob. And I'm Gloria. We've been talking today about loneliness. And we've talked about an article by Dr. Lisa Coyne, who has suggested several ways of stepping away from loneliness. One was to practice gratitude. Another one was to remember you are unique. Uh, and another one was, I've lost one here now, Gloria, help me. Help Participate me. in meaningful activities. Meaningful activities. And now this last area is about kind of like self-care for yourself. She talks about? Solitude. Right. Which doesn't sound great when you're doing a loneliness thing. No, but she says solitude is different from loneliness because it's the state of being alone without necessarily feeling lonely. And the word often implies that there's an opportunity for reflection or doing the things we enjoy. Right. She goes on to say, set aside a period of time each day to check in with yourself. You could meditate, pray, practice yoga, read a couple pages of a spiritual text, and it can be done in as little as five minutes. But it's helpful to do it every day so that it becomes a healthy habit. Connecting with yourself doesn't mean, however, turning inward and calling it a day. We've all heard it before, but it's so important to exercise and eat a balanced diet with plenty of fruits and vegetables. Well, (laughs) Now we sound like an ad. Right. Well, (laughs) what we eat directly affects our body and mind. So there's the physical stuff balancing with the mental stuff, but there's also in these things that you do, understanding the difference between solitude that has a time limit to it. You do something with a purpose and a reason to have the solitude, and then you step away from that. You don't stay in that solitude right. and let it just to get out, de- de- take a walk, degenerate. make sure you're eating healthy, trying to get enough sleep. Those things right. will help as well. So those are some some ideas. We, we don't expect this to be a panacea. We don't expect this to be some miracle a quick cure. Fix, right? Uh, but there are some things to 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 think about, to try, uh, to encourage someone else who you know might be suffering from loneliness. Uh, or not even know that they're suffering from loneliness. They just might be lonely and in a chronic way. Right. And next week, Bob? Next week, we're going to uh, shift a little uh, gears a little bit. We would normally do this show in a couple of weeks, but we're going to be doing our Christmas show for next week. And it's going to have a, kind of a combination. We're going to be doing some last-minute gifts. For anybody that for, you love or yeah, want to give ones. a gift to. And then we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, the Christmas season, including a thing that we've uh, done here over the last several years. We normally have like a little story or a little poem or something going on, but we would encourage you to uh, call in and share some of your memories of Christmas and also some special things that maybe you do as a family um, for the program. Right, and things that don't necessarily revolve around just yourselves, but maybe in light of the story we might be sharing to reach out to someone else during this Christmas or Holiday season, season, including just the winter months ahead. It, these are great things that we're always encouraging people to do through the course of the year, to try to be connected with other folks. If it takes the holidays to make you do it, go ahead and do it. 
Uh, <laughs> better that you do it than not do it in the, in the course of the year. Uh, don't worry about it being a token activity or a token act of charity. Go and connect with someone because they could right. really use that. And if you don't get it done by the time Christmas rolls around, don't just say, oh, well, I missed the boat. Right. Continue it on. The week the after several, Christmas. There's some cold months ahead. People need you then, too. That's right. If you have any thoughts about today's program, we'd love to hear from you. So drop us an email at bobandgloria at thereisaseasonshow.com. We'd love your comments, positive, negative, whatever. Let us know. And uh, to everything, there is a season and a time and a purpose to everything under the heaven. It's time for us to go. Remember, dear friends, seek grace in every step you take. Cherish every moment. Reach out to someone, whether it's a familiar face or a stranger. They could use your love. For Gloria Shanahan, our producers, and everyone who makes the show possible, we thank you for spending your time with us today. You've been listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.